HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is supported by Bon Bon, a charming neighborhood bistro in Lawrence, Kansas, serving eclectic cuisine with Midwest roots. This week on Meet and Three, we're telling the stories behind iconic dishes. We learn what it will take to save New York's most famous egg cream, discover the importance of the goat neck in the East Village, and take a trip to India for delicious flatbreads. Our customers who come in to get egg creams and t-shirts, they love to talk about their childhood or their teenage years or their college years. I was living in uh, Nepal in northern India. And out there, there's a real famous dish, a classic dish, I should say. It's called paya. Parathe Wali Gali, or as it awkwardly translates in English, the lane of the stuffed flatbread makers, is probably one of the most popular food streets in Old Delhi. Tune in to Meet and 3, HRN's weekly food news roundup, wherever you listen to podcasts. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil runs his groove in them rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you sun in the air. Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Souther Teague. I'm Greg Benson. Hey, buddy. Hey, man. How's it going? Very well. How's your baseball team doing? It's game seven tonight, man. Let's jump right in. Yeah, I know. Yeah, the Speakeasy, your number one source for Nationals baseball news. That's right. Um, yeah, it's this is the first time, not just in baseball, but in hockey, basketball, and Major League Baseball, that the home team has never won a best of seven series. So we swept on the road, and then they swept us on the road, and then we won last night on the road, and tonight it's it's the last game of the year, man. Winner go home. Yeah, this is it. Yeah, this Where is, is it. this game being played? Houston. So weirdly, that works well for us. I right. guess we have You've road only won there. team advantage. Yeah, exactly. Crazy. I don't know. Maybe we just like it. Are you tense? Uh, not until you reminded me that I was. What will, it, what will it mean for you if the Nationals win? It would mean... What will it mean for our great country if the Nationals win? It would mean, uh, it would mean a big hangover for me tomorrow... Um, and it would mean, I don't know, it would mean that this is, you know, a real team. Like, we were getting a lot of shit from people because it hasn't been in D.C. for, I think this is the 15th season, 14th, 15th, 2005. Uh, so 15th year that it's in D.C. And, you know, there are teams like 
the Chicago Cubs, like the White Sox, like the Yankees, where they have fans who are like, oh, yeah, like I remember going to games with my dad and he went to games with his dad and his great grandfather was there on opening day in 1890, whatever. Like we don't really have that. But what's been cool is getting a chance to show off like what a vibrant fan base we had, like nothing great happened on the baseball diamond for the Washington Nationals over the weekend, but amazing things happened in the stands from booing the president uh, on the day that he should have been celebrating, you know, a pretty big, pretty big success, pretty big success. He got booed mercilessly. Yeah. And then let us not forget the true national hero that was there at that game, uh, Bud Light home run guy. Yeah, yeah, double, two beer guy. Yep, two beer guy. Uh, didn't sacrifice a drop of beer, took a home run off the chest. From what I could see, I'm not, I haven't been able to confirm this, but from the video footage that I have, it looks like he takes the home run off the chest. Someone goes in, someone else tries to corner in for the ball. He drops the beer to distract the guy, grabs the ball off the ground, is able to save most of that beer, sits down and enjoys the rest of the game like a, yeah, like a, like boss. a true champion. Like a boss. Uh, were you watching the game tonight? Uh, I think I'm going to... There's a bar that I love. Because this isn't a thing you'd do at home, right? No, 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 no. You need to be surrounded by the people. Yeah, you have to be out among the people, man. There's just something kind of sad about like screaming and being tense alone in your living room. Um <laughs> There's this bar that I love in the East Village. Sounds uh, like most of my life. I don't, I don't have a TV, by the way. <laughs> Neither do I. Just like screaming and being tense in my living room. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there's a there's a place I love in the East Village. It's called Standings. Um, yeah, no it's standings. a sports bar, and it's become uh, the reason I love it is, I mean, the staff is great. It knows what it is. It's a vaguely DC bar, but it has somehow I discovered it because if you Google. Caps Bar NYC. The Caps are the Washington, D.C. hockey team. If you Google Caps Bar NYC, they're the first three search results that pop up. Wow. And yet you go there and, you know, like if you go there for a Caps game, everyone's wearing the jerseys. Everyone's doing the cheers. It's like it's like watching a game at home. But the guys behind the bar kind of have no idea why they're there. Like if you look at them, like it's a sports bar, but it's clearly intended to be a baseball bar. And more than that, it's intended to be a New York Mets bar. And I asked the guys about it and I was like, how did, how did this happen? And he was like, eh, someone put something on Google a few years ago and it just kind of snowballed. And it goes back to what you say all the time is like, you know, you can have the best game plan in the world, but as soon as you open your doors, the people are going to tell you, what it is. Tell you exactly yeah. what it is that you've built. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Plan your work, work your plan, be flexible. <laughs> exactly. And so, you know, they're not stupid. Like they're certainly happy that we're there, but you can tell, like, if you look over at the bartenders when everyone's going nuts for a hometown goal, they're just looking out and just being like, we still don't get it. Right. They're scrolling we're, through Instagram. We're, ha- we're happy about it, but we still don't understand. <laughs> well, cool. Have a great time tonight. And I wish uh, wish you and the Nationals all the luck uh, that they need to, or all the skill. It's not luck. Yeah, exactly. You don't get there by luck. It's work. By skill. skill. It's work. Let's go Nats, baby. Um, as for me, not a lot's happened in the last week. Uh, we changed the menu at uh, Mori Margo East Village, so we're finally into a nice winter groove over there. Everything's going well. Uh, hosted an event with Hannah Lee and um, Lush Life, uh, where we talked about um, Portland Cocktail Week, uh, which I'm a dean of this year again. Second year for me to be a dean of hospitality and bartending at Portland Cocktail Week out in 
Portland, which is an amazing thing, by the way. And, uh, you know, for the listeners, please check out what that is if you don't know what it is. It's too late for this year, but you can always apply for next year. It's an educational opportunity that is, for all intents and purposes, it's free. you got to get yourself there. you got to apply, of course, and get accepted. But once you're accepted, you get yourself to the airport in Portland, and they will pick you up from the airport. Uh, they'll put you up in a place to sleep. They'll feed you all the meals. They'll pay for all the parties uh, and, of course, all the education that comes along with it. It's an amazing program, an amazing deal, and thousands of people have gone through it. Um, including myself, and I think it's, you know, it's completely worthwhile, and that's why I continue to go back and give back to it every year. Um, so I've got Portland Cocktail Week coming up, and of course my new book just launched, uh, Let's Get Blitzen. Uh, you can find it uh, online. Uh, it's not going to be an in-store book. It's just going to be an online uh, book because it's just for the holidays. Um, but Let's Get Blitzen. It's 60 cocktails that have to do with, like, holiday themes and how to, you know, prepare large-scale cocktails and prepare in advance so that you don't have to spend too much time, you know, making drinks while you'd, rather, while you'd rather be partying with your with your fam. I actually didn't realize that. So there's like a lot of kind of larger format stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's a whole section on punch bowls. Oh, and, hell yeah, man. Uh, and batching in advance and stuff like that. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Let's get blitzing. Um, in the studio today, uh, I've got a, a good friend, a native Kentuckian, senior whiskey ambassador at Deutsch Brands, and honorary Kentucky colonel, <laughs> Joe Riggs. Welcome back to the studio. You've been in here with us before. Yeah, this is my second show. Thanks yeah, for having me back. W- welcome back, Joe. Uh, it's good to see you. Um, we're going to talk about, well, we're going to talk about whiskey today. We have several whiskeys today. Yeah, yeah. A um, bunch of them <clears throat> lining up on the table here. Should we pour one first or should we talk about it first? Yeah, I think, uh, no, I think we should pour and talk at the same time. Right? I thought you were going to start with that one. We are going to start with that one. This one sounds better. Oh. <laughs> Ooh. This bottle was made for radio. That bottle was it's made It's called Foley, kids. I see. I see. They can't see what we're doing. So, they can only hear. Um, I, I, I cheated that sound noise. Um, so... We have sound uh, noise. Tar- You're making the sound, sound noises. Sound noises, yes. Uh, the sound <laughs> effect. All right. Sound effect. Um, what, am, what am I pouring here for? So us? everything here is a cork, but that one's louder. Uh, so Bib and Tucker is a bourbon from Tennessee. It is at least six years old. Um, we do age in a lighter char barrel, um, so you might get a little more uh, chestnut and leather than than straight vanilla and caramel. Um, Bib and Tucker is named after an early colonial garment. So um, yeah. if, my favorite um, example that everyone can bring to mind is if you've ever seen the Bugs Bunny cartoons where he's at the opera and he taps the conductor in the belly and his his, his bib rolls up. That's uh, that's your Bib and Tucker, <laughs> right? Um, but the, the idea is if you want to look your best, you bring your best whiskey, and that's Bib and Tucker. Right on. Yeah. Uh, and so I didn't realize that you dealt with other brands. I thought you were just Redemption Joe. Um, uh, well, I am I am a technically old man winner at Redemption. I've been there uh, for some time. Uh, but Redemption is also a part of Deutsche Family Wine and Spirits, which is a family-owned company out of Connecticut that has 30-plus uh, wine brands. And we are continuing to expand our spirits portfolio. Uh, we have uh, Luxusova Vodka in our portfolio. I don't really work on it directly. Um, but I do support Bib & Tucker Bourbon, uh, Redemption Whiskies, and Masterson's Rye is also in our portfolio, oh, a wow. 10-year straight ride from Canada. Yeah, I know it. Um, excellent whiskey. I don't have it with us today because I wanted to make sure we walked out of here. Um, and we have six and some well, yeah, barrel proofs with us. So. i got to go to work after this. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of whiskey speak, on the table. Speak for yourselves, guys. I'll be here after y'all are gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you got to make it to the Nats game, pal. <laughs> well, I'll give you an extra heavy pour for the uh, for the way out. Thank you. Uh, yeah. For luck. We'll, we'll celebrate with the barrel proofs since you're winning a World Series today. Hell yeah. Yeah. Oh, look at that. He called it. 
Yeah. <laughs> Since you're winning the World Series today. There we go, man. My, you heard my, it here first, folks. My closest friend that has skin in the game is an Astros fan, so I'm happy for him to hear this later. Yeah, right on. <laughs> um, yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's have a drink. Cheers. Sure. Um, uh, 92 proof. I uh, just got back from the distillery that we um, are contracting through or partnering with um, directly in the future is uh, Tennessee Distilling. Um, super fun distillery. Um, it's nice to go to new distilleries every now and then. Everything's fresh, and um, it, you can tell even driving up the drive because none of the signs have. Um, <laughs> there's not. There's not that telltale decay Dis- everywhere. Dis- distillery signs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and they don't know, have any of the mold on them the, yet. The right? trees are. The trees are all um, pristine. The color pristine and beautiful and. Um, you know, yeah, it's a nice, beautiful facility. We actually got to go to one of the corn farms. I drove a, uh, combine and everything. <laughs> you drove a, a combine? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know more about whiskey like Bucket now. list. This guy makes every part of the Buffalo right here, man. He harvests it, distills it, sells it. All uh, it, it was a great, it was a great time down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people at Tennessee Distilling are really passionate about what they're doing and, uh, they showed us every step of the process. So it was, it was really, where in Tennessee really is fun it? Visit. It's in uh, Columbia, Tennessee. It's just South of Nashville. Yeah, right on. Yeah. Excellent. Um, How long has Bib and Tucker been around? Uh, so we actually acquired the brand a few years ago. Uh, the launch date, I would actually have to, to refresh my memory. Um, but we've had it at Deutsch for two years. Um, yeah, it's a pretty distinctive bottle. It's got the raised uh, glass lettering all over it. Um, uh, I've seen it around for a while. I just didn't, I didn't know. Yeah, it's exactly definitely one that you, you remember seeing. It's definitely a distinctive bottle. I mean, it's, you know, it's part of the brand DNA is to look its best. So it's, we wanted to dress it up and it's in a beautiful package. The, the label's actually going to be changing to where the age statement will be a little uh, brighter, a little, a little bigger. Um, I mean, so that I the can consumer see it can I, see it from the back bar a I little better. Oh yeah. Okay. Sure. Um, I just, can see just it. Just in your, your, you know, dark, whiskey steakhouses and things like that i get i mean one of the things that i tell people all the time like it is a constant thing i tell people when they come into the bar and they hand me you know whether they're brand people or they're bartenders or whatever and they want to hand me their card and i look at their card and i go you know that 90 percent of the cards you hand out are going to be in a dark room like this why is your card unreadable in a dark room you know, like you want your card to look slick and cool and be black, but it sucks because I can't fucking read it. <laughs> <laughs> it needs to be white with huge black letters on it. Um, so, yeah, I get it. You're right. I can see this right now, but then I'm like, yeah, we're in the bright studio right now. And maybe on the back bar, you wouldn't be able to see it. My, my solve for that is to try not to approach people during service. But uh, 100%. 100%. <laughs> but I get it. I, I'm yeah. talking about just even visitors. Visitors yeah, yeah, that visit yeah. me no, from right. wherever they're from. They want to leave me their card. And I'm happy to have it. But I do often give them the advice, like, if you're going to have a card, it needs to be readable in the dark light because that's where we live. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I don't carry cards anymore at all because I've, I don't know, I've just become one of those jackasses who doesn't have cards. But when I did, it was, uh, I could throw my card across the room and you could fucking read it because it was a huge black letters on a white card. I, I have it cards. It looked nice. I had it designed and everything, but like, you know, yeah. practical. Legibility, I, man. I do have cards in my wallet, just mostly for press and things like that. But if I'm going into uh, an account visit or anything... I try to save the tree. Yeah, um, that too. And send the email right then, you know. And if you tell the buyer, "Hey, I'd rather just send you an email directly now," then you're saving paper. You're also making direct contact and yep. it's in the cloud forever. Yep. And then you just go through your sent emails at the end of the week. And you know, I, I also uh, some years ago, a lot of folks don't realize this. If you go into your iPhone and you go into your contacts, the very first contact is you, and it says "My card." 
and you can just Read. send your card to yeah. people, and you can put as much or as little information as you want. Your birthday, your address, like whatever you want. Right? I'm Android, so that's, but so that's what I do. Yeah. yeah, so that's what I do. I just send my card to people. Huh. I did. But see, anyway, how do you like Learn something new every day. It's yeah. delicious. It's got this kind of like almost briny aroma. What is that coming from? Am I crazy? Uh, um, I don't know that I can attribute it to, to Maybe not brine, salt but like, water anywhere near a little bit of Tennessee. Like dill. Um, like that sort of those, those kind, kind of fresh, of bright herb. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's tasty and it's warm too. What's the proof? It's 92 proof. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. We're, we're pretty much starting at 92 and going up. Oh, we're going up. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> we started with, uh, uh, well, the last thing I have is kind of a surprise. Wednesday night. Um, Wednesday night at a Mario uh, Margo. I'm going to be toasty. Have, have fun at work, man. Yeah. I'm going to have a great, great time at the game. <laughs> but yeah, we're, we're starting with uh, the lowest rye content, lowest proof whiskey and moving into higher rye content and higher proof. Sweet, um, you've got this all laid out. You're like a professional. It's my first day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what is um, what is the rye content on this one? That we're uh, um, so it's tougher for me to disclose on this one. Gotcha. Um, as there, <clears throat> it was an acquisition. Um, oh, I see. So the internet is a wonderful place. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, but, it is. But I'm going to appease my um, legal department and. Let you find that on your own. Okay, that's dokey. fair. Yeah, <laughs> um, well, they're all right with us drinking it. That's fine with me. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a two-year. It's we've had the brand for two years. It's a six-year-old whiskey. If you do that math, um, there are things that I can't say. Gotcha. Roger yes. that. But it is delicious, uh, Tennessee bourbon, that and is, yeah. six years old, ninety-two proof. So it is we're delicious. Happy to have and it I'll tell you our, this: our you know, as a as a novice, right? I'm not I'm not in the backside where you are. I'm I'm a professional for the front side of the bar, but. This has got a nice spiciness to it, which which tells me that it's probably pretty high rye content. But that 92 proof is nice and warm. And then again, it's got this kind of bright, fresh... I said brine, but I think I was thinking pickles. And what it more, more is this dill. It's got like a nice dill aroma on the front of the nose. You get that or no? Am I crazy? Yeah, I mean, I get the herb, herbaceousness for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously the Redemption rye has an, an extreme amount of dill, so I'm probably less sensitive to that. Roger. Um, flavor sense at this point after seven years of... Uh, sharing, sharing the redemption, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no. There's certainly an herbaceousness. It's not all. It's not overt oak, even though it's a super. It's a. It's an extra mature whiskey at you know over six years, and there's even older whiskey in it. Um, but it's not a caramel bomb. It's not over yeah, no, sweet. It's not. Um, no, it's, it's, it's mature and balanced and, and complex and pretty clean. Like it's warm. I took that sip. It's warm. Uh, got that burst of uh, of herb. And then a little bit of spice, and then you know it didn't uh, didn't hang out forever. Like, it's, it's a lot smoother. It's not that the hug. Yeah, yeah. On the clean. Can... Um, so you got to go down to Tennessee. That's red. But I want to talk to you next about your. You took a recent trip to uh, Berlin. Yes. So yeah. I'll yeah. tell you what, we're right at the time to take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. We're going to come right back and talk to Joe Riggs uh, about Berlin. Let's go. Let's go to Berlin. Stay with us. Let's do it. This episode is supported by Bon Bon, a charming neighborhood bistro in Lawrence, Kansas, serving eclectic cuisine with Midwest roots. Bon Bon is a place for friends and neighbors to come together and enjoy good food, good drinks, and good company. The heart of Bon Bon is filled with love for the community of Lawrence, Kansas, for the staff and suppliers that put food on the table, for quality local ingredients, and for fun, creative dishes. 
Learn more at bonbonlawrence.com. Join Heritage Radio Network on Monday, November 11th for a raucous feast to toast a decade of food radio. Our 10th anniversary Bacchanal is a rare gathering of your favorite chefs, mixologists, storytellers, thought leaders, and culinary masterminds. We'll salute the inductees of the newly minted HRN Hall of Fame, who embody our mission to further equity, sustainability, and deliciousness. Join us to explore the beautiful Palm House and Yellow Magnolia Cafe at the Brooklyn Botanic Garden, where you'll taste and imbibe to your heart's content, and bid on once-in-a-lifetime experiences and tasty gifts for any budget at our silent auction. Join the party. Tickets are available now at heritageradionetwork.org slash gala. And we are back on the Speakeasy, uh, hanging out with my buddy Greg Benson and, of course, uh, uh, today's guest, Joe Riggs. Uh, Joe, we, we left off talking about Bibb and Tucker, where you were down in um, uh, Tennessee, hanging out at the distillery, uh, and we tasted some of that delicious juice. But you just got back from Berlin as well. Talk about yeah, that. Yeah, Bar Convent, Berlin. Um, I got th- I've never had the pleasure. I, it was my first year, um, and I'm super excited to go back. Um, huge huge city of spirits um uh we did a a booth next to like the main mixology table which was nice because most of my american friends that were presenting there um all had to present next to our booth um and we got to do a stop in copenhagen on the way there and see our distributor in copenhagen um international is just really opening up for our, our whiskey portfolio um so we were there to secure distribution and i made some old fashions and things and um berlin's an incredible city and yeah great great visit yeah so I mean, this was this was like a like a like a recon mission almost you guys were sort of the first ones out there scouting things out uh what so myself and uh dana ryle is a our, our international um i guess man of mystery and, and negotiator <laughs> um went out and you know fortunately because of my interaction and leadership or activations at tails and other things I, I had connections with bartenders all over the world so i can kind of bridge that reality, and um, then also ask, you know, what distributors do you, you like working for, which are, you know, more reputable, and, and he can then find, you know, our best path to uh, to market, and, and hopefully next year we have a bigger footprint, and I can go in and activate a lot more and, and bring the trade awareness up um, in the same way that I have in the United States, with, along with my team. Yeah, in a city like Berlin, what's the sort of like, what's the curiosity, interest, or demand for whiskey? So it's interesting because they have a lot of corn um, distillates and, and corn, not light whiskeys mm-hmm. products. Um, some of them are flavored and some of them weren't. Um, there's definitely whiskey and cocktail bars. Um, it's less brands, obviously, because the um, the incurrent cost of going to market. And then obviously the tariffs right now are making cocktails difficult because yeah. everyone's paying 25% more in the EU. Yep. Um, so... It was on less cocktail menus than I had seen in the past when I was in Paris and a few other places um, in Berlin. But, I mean, the bar culture there is um, pretty incredible. and um, The corn whiskey, like, situation was definitely the oddest thing that I'd seen. But there's definitely a demand for it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, I think everywhere I've traveled in the world uh, in, in my time, uh, American whiskey is, like, sort of clamored for. Like people want it, so when um, you're bringing something new to market, I'm sure people are like excited. 
Well, I know that, you know, Southeast Asia, India, and, um, you know, the, just the fact that it, you can tell it's aged from across the room is, a, is sort of a status symbol. Mm -hmm. So um, that has led to its desirability as well because, you know, affluence is new. Sure. Um, so being able to show that within your glass just by having ordered something visibly um, colored, you know, natural color and beautiful product um, has, has aided in the perception, but also, you know, delicious, delicious products yeah. get ordered twice. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's an exciting time that um, American whiskey has found its foothold all over the world. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, you were talking to us off air, you're talking to me off air about um, our buddy Jeff Morgenthaler uh, <laughs> being on stage in front of, uh, you know, 100 or so folks. Um, and and his talk, what 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 impact did that talk have on the people there, and what 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 impact did it have on you? Um, so I mean, I, I think, and and I hope this comes off the right way, but you know, the, I saw three conversations. Is this uh, the one we're having next? We're gonna have the ride next. So, uh, so I, I got to see uh, Morgan Thaler, Steve Schneider, and Tobin Ellis all speak because they were next to my booth, and that was about as much as I could get away for. Um, Morgan Thaler's presentation was a lot about work-life balance, which um, you know I've had to focus on a lot in my new role because the demands of travel and, and things of that nature um, do take you away from your family, but you have to make sure to incorporate scheduling for that part of your life as well. And he talked about bringing the principles that made his bar successful into his home life and back and forth, and I thought that was... Um, it's something that I think about quite a bit already, um, but it was definitely impactful and important, especially for young people to hear from someone who's so accomplished. You know, so I thought that was. Um, and I wish really I could have sat in on that because I frankly think it's an impossibility. I don't think that there is such a thing as balance. It's fucking chaos, and you hang on as tight as you can, and you get the shit done. That's my life. Um, I, mean, I, I don't know. I see it both ways. I mean, I think that there definitely is. You know, per perfect, you know, Star Wars Jedi level balance is an impossibility. But, you know, I think the I think the important thing is to kind of make it a focus and make strides for it so that it's some chaos, but it's a it's not all chaos. It's a manageable level of chaos, which is its own form of balance. You know, you're still going to be exhausted and you're still not going to be able to do everything you want. But that's I don't know, man. That's just the that's the life we chose. Yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I, I don't disagree that I chose it, but man, I, I also, I just hang on every day. I, you know, I get another request or another, uh, you know, offer, and I just like, uh, yeah, sure, I can squeeze that in. Let's go. <laughs> it, I used to really firmly believe that if you choose something you love to get paid for, then you never work a day in your life. And I realized quickly that is not the reality. Is nope. <laughs> work constantly with no separation. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but it gets to a point where you say yes too much to th that you can't honor the yeses. And then that's when you have to really um, take a look at, like, what are you, where you're prioritizing or, or if you're just overcommitting. Yeah, that's me. You know, yeah. Um, I have a real problem saying no. And, and you know, the nature of our work or, or you know, when I used to bartend, um, you know, most people who excel in this industry are people who thrive in chaos, right? Like mm -hmm. when the... the tickets are over your head and you know people are yelling about you know needing ice and someone breaks something in the well and you just kind of zen out and get it done and make it work and then you count money into the night like we thrive in that environment yeah. and then you bring it into the rest of your life and as long as you're you know making time for peace and quiet or, or whatever it is that centers you you know 
you can you can ride the rails pretty far. <laughs> but, it does uh, help. It does help if chaos centers you. That's true. Yeah. yeah. I, speaking of work life balance, your 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 uh, your personal life changed recently, didn't it? Yeah. So um, I've I've had a little bit of personal time this year. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, my wife and I were married a month ago in Louisville, Kentucky. Congratulations. She's so, your bride. You know that. She's right. your bride for a year. Oh my! Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, she's your fiance up until day of the wedding. Then she's your bride for a year after the wedding. Then she's your wife. I'm really bad at the traditions stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, and the first anniversary is paper. Just remember that one too. Yeah. Paper, easy. Just get her a card. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. She'll love it. You guys haven't met my wife. <laughs> Southern has. Southern has. <laughs> yeah, uh, but you had a great wedding, right? Yeah, great wedding. Um, we're both from uh, Irish Catholic families, so over 250 people. Damn. Um, Whoa. Yeah, we didn't get to invite everyone that uh, we would have liked. Um, almost no industry people, no colleagues, unfortunately. Um, Bruce Russell did crash our party. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not that we wouldn't have loved to have had him, but uh, um, Wild Turkey had an event in the same venue that we were having our, our wedding in so he, he came up and said hello and um, brought us a little special bottle and outstanding yeah it was a, it was a true Kentucky wedding and I uh, got to take everyone over to, to Meadow where I used to bartend and and have a little closing party and yeah outstanding yeah that's so. amazing uh, also you talked to us a little bit off air it doesn't have a whole lot to not, not super germane to our conversation here but uh, you you and uh, you and your bride decided to not she didn't take your last name rather the two of you took your mother's maiden name correct That's yeah pretty rad um, yeah no I you know there's no reason she should have to change her name to mine necessarily and and uh, she was interested in keeping her last name so I was like well what if we just both added a family name so that's the route that we went, and yeah. yeah Sweet, I man. I think that's pretty great. Um, uh, and that way, you know, there's no, uh, you know, I don't know, there's no confusion if, if she'd have kept her own name, and then if you have kids, and then... Well, I mean, you know, both of our names are kind of like, you know, people call me Joe Riggs. It's like one word. Yeah, and then that's her, true. I do. I, I call you that. And her name is, uh, her last name is Green, so like people call her Green. So, right. you know, that part of our identity or, or you know, the first... 30 so years she's not 30 yet obviously she is if she wants to be um, but uh, <laughs> um, you know that's still going to be a part of our lives and you know because I have you know articles and things you know I'll still be Joe Riggs the whiskey guy and we'll have our family thing it helps man it does help to kind of um, I don't know I was the 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 most chaotic spot I've ever worked in. Um, <clears throat> the beverage director was also named Greg, so I went by my last name among the staff, which was immensely helpful because if I ever heard someone say, hey, Greg, I knew it was a guest, and I could turn around and be like, hi, I'm sorry, just give me one second, I'll be right with you. Yeah. Just, thank you very much for your patience. And if someone was like, hey, Benson, I'd be like, what the fuck do you want, man? I got tickets coming out of my ass. This better yeah, be fucking yeah. important. <laughs> so it is nice in a way to have that kind of separation of like, this is my work name and this is my, yeah, know, my personal name, my, my real name, you know? Yeah. The name which I gave myself. Exactly. Um, we're drinking on some, now we shifted gears. We're in Redemption Rye. What are we drinking here? So this is, uh, this is, you know, what kind of brought me onto the supplier side and my, you know, heart and, in this industry, um, is Redemption Rye. So this is 95% rye, five barley, it's MGP juice. We use, uh, 
closer to three now, but two to two to six year old whiskeys. It's all straight, uh, blended together at 92 proof. Um, no additives, coloring, or anything like that. Obviously, um, you know this is, in my opinion, one of the more versatile whiskeys um, for cocktails in that it's high enough proof to stand up to cocktails, but it's not overpowering. It's you know, and the flavor profile has your baking spices. It has you know, herbs and mint and anise and cardamom, but it's not something you have to subscribe to. I almost get some elderflower on the nose, which is interesting. Floral, it's very floral. Yeah. Yeah, so the, the rye on these whiskeys is sourced from Sweden and Germany, which is completely different flavor profile than you would get from Canada or the Pacific Northwest. Right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's super approachable aroma. Yeah. It like, makes me want to, like, keep it near my nose. Just hang out with it sort of in my hand plays right well with mic. others is a is a fun <laughs> plays well with others fun way to describe it not me um cool and you've got so many bottles here i i, I want to before we continue just wrapping um let's jump into the next one what's what's the next one we're pouring okay here? so we're gonna do the bourbon uh, but we're gonna do it uh age state and barrel proof which is that one right there cool. so <clears throat> uh, we have one several double golds in San Francisco Spirits competition with the Barrel Proof Series. And remind me, a double gold means that you got best in... So double gold is, um, other than best in category, the, the highest honor. So of, of all the... A table of 10 blind tasters will sit at a round table yep. and they will identify a whiskey as a gold medal worthy whiskey. And if all 10 of them agree and no one um, defers then it is listed as double gold. Right. So that means 10 people agreed this is the highest caliber group of whiskey that they're tasting um, in that session, right. I guess. Um, then from the double golds, there is a best in category selected, and then there's a best um, like whiskey in the world selected as well. Um, so we're shooting, we're, we're working our way up there. Right. Um, the weeded whiskey, um, whoops. Knocked your mic over. Right. <laughs> That's right. Um, I've had a few drinks now. The the weeded bourbon that we released last year actually won best in category in San Francisco um, as uh, small batch whiskey under five years. So um, and that's a big deal. People follow that shit. Oh, I, I, you know we don't. I follow that shit. <laughs> we don't submit to every um, you know metal purchase event that you can get into, um, but San Francisco is very diligent. You know they they're very credible. The people that go there are you know well selected and yeah. and, and so their their results are very important to us. Um, not every one of them is the same. Um, so we don't we don't submit whiskey to all of them, but we submit whiskey to San Francisco every year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. San Francisco's kind of the, the big show in, it's, it's, in, in the whiskey, in the, in the spirit tasting. Yeah. They don't just do whiskey, they do spirits in general. Um, yeah, I watch it too. I, wa- I want to know like who's, who's, who's improving, who's coming onto the scene, who's, who's a total outlier, dark horse. Like, it's amazing every year. It's like, it's exciting. Yeah, it's. Um, I guess that's as know. close as I get to sports. There, great. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's, a, it's nice having confidence in the whiskeys that you submit to these things. You know, like, um, this this whiskey's been consistently double gold and gold, uh, medal winning, whiskeys. So, um, it's great to have confidence to be able to submit to competitions like that and come out with great whiskey. Well, great to have the confidence to, to be able to submit. And then great to get that, uh, you know, recognition um, for the hard work and effort that gets put into making these things and the time. You know, I think that people forget about the time, you know. Um, 
this bottle right on the bottle says nine years. There's nine years to make this to be able to submit it and then get a good reading. And then hopefully that opens up the eyes of the consumer to say, oh, I should try this stuff. You know, like, I, I don't know. I think it's a it's a good thing all around. Yeah, it's it's nine years. I mean, of, of course, it's subjective. But when you when you when you've got a group of experts that are all agreeing, then subjectivity becomes narrower and narrower. Right. Correct. Yeah. Um, and, and when it's agreed upon by a group of people, you know, that's if I'm selling a cocktail and the whole bar likes it, I'm going to keep it on the menu, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Um, and if they say this is the best cocktail of, of the cocktails we've had today, then I'm, yeah. Yeah. Even better. Yeah. So, um, this is the bourbon mash bill. It's 75 corn, 21 rye, four barley. Yeah. Um, so still fairly high. Um, other producers would probably market this as a high rye we have a higher rye mash bill that we work with as well um at 36 percent rye um on the redemption line um but of the barrel proofs i think this is my current favorite of the releases why is that why why would why would a maker decide to be a high rye and not just say fuck it we're gonna make a rye uh well buzzwords <laughs> um, no I mean the reason words, you man. the reason you the reason you make the mash bill is that rye has more inherent flavor um, as a distillate the grain itself um, than corn or wheat or barley um, if if you taste the redemption rye off the still it tastes like cherries and mint if you taste um, a lower rye content bourbon off the still it's gonna taste like the yeast mm-hmm. hopefully if it's distilled well um, and probably some sweet corn and not a whole lot of really discernible flavor other than like bready notes, right? But if you get the higher the rye content goes, the more fruit, the more herbs and, and inherent flavor you get just even on the white dog. So um, it is more expensive to use. It is harder to use, um, which is... Yeah, yeah. Many, many distillers have come on and complained about how difficult it is to clean the stills. Yeah. Like rye, rye is a sticky mess after the process. Yeah. It, it, um, if you've ever seen chia seeds in a cocktail, how it kind of encapsulates itself and gelatinizes, it, it's sort of like that. Like it, right. it'll, it'll clump up and sticks together and it sticks to things. And it's yes. just, um, the mash will even kind of bubble up over instead of just being a nice, easy, consistent fermentation. Um, so much trickier to work with. You have to, you have to dry the grain out in order to process it so that, you can get more grain in, right. sort of thing. So um, it is more difficult to work with. Um, fortunately for us, we partner with MGP that was built um, by the biggest distilling corporation in the world at the time right. um, and improved upon from the 30s up until uh, it changed hands and, and still currently is improving. Yeah, yeah, we just get better and better and better. Yeah. You know, I've, I've made the argument that, like, I don't really feel that, that – quote-unquote bottom shelf exists anymore right it, it, stuff may be on the on the bottom shelf stuff may be cheap and uh, but we've become so good at distilling and filtering and uh, you know uh, and all the processes in the middle there that you may not like it it may not be to your liking but it's quality yeah. we've gotten to the place where stuff is quality so now we're just like tightening and tweaking tweaking all those bolts and making everything more and more and more quality and and the names that are doing that are coming higher and higher to the to visibility and winning double golds and things like that I, you know I th- well, there's two things that are happening. A, um, bourbon regulation is so high, it's hard to really get outside of those parameters and, and bring something to market that's not good. Yeah. You know, um, whether or not it's your favorite or something you enjoy, different things. Um, now, if it just says whiskey on the bottle, that's different. You know, there's a lot more room 
to play in, in that field. With bourbon, it's really tight restrictions. American rye, really tight restrictions. There, you can do some additives and things. Redemption doesn't, um, like caramel and things. Sure. Um, but it's still very tightly um, regulated. Re- regulated. Yeah. So um, you know, I've always said that there are better whiskeys and then there are better whiskeys, but there's no really bad whiskey. Yeah. And and if you're, if I'm shopping, especially in, in for dusties. I want the bottom shelf, ugliest bottle that looks like it's from the early 90s because no one was buying whiskey then. So everything was older than it was supposed to be. Everything's overly aged. Yeah. They're literally just filling the bottom shelf up with 12-year-old or older, like whatever they and needed to put on a shelf. Drank it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I've had some really cool. <laughs> Spring Mill was a really fun one sure. that I found. Some other things like that that... It was on the bottom shelf and for a long time, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it turned out to be really good whiskey. But uh, those are becoming harder and harder to find. Um, but I, I yeah, was, interest has been sparked, and so now people are like seeking these things out, and I get it. Yeah, um, but yeah, to your point, there, there's there's no really bad whiskeys. I just hope happen to think that I sell some of the better ones. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're doing all right. You're doing all right. Um, all right, I don't want to rush us to the uh, no, to no, no. the, no. the post here. Let's get through it, yeah, but because so, um, we have something cool to talk about. Yeah, do, well, that's what I was going to say. Do you want to maybe skip that one and Let's move into that. those? All right, yeah, just because cool. of time. So we are. Um, my company is owned by Bill Deutsch. is an individual from Connecticut. His son is um, also um, running the company, um, but he has been. Uh, working with the Fron company and, and plantation um, as an importer for them for some time. Love those guys. And, Maison uh, We have, uh, we are developing a product for market that is going to be branded with uh, plantation and, and redemption at the same time. So, a very cool project we're working on. Yeah. And I actually have samples from two individuals. So, we're going to actually talk about developing towards a blend yeah right so i have samples of two individual barrels i can't tell you too much but we're going to tell two widely distinct flavor profiles so one is very fruit driven one is very brown sugar driven right so if you want to take a nose of this blink blink twice if one of them is pineapple they won't be able to see it (laughs) i'm just going to close my eyes forever (laughs) um the answer is no. I can I can say no to that. <laughs> hey, food for thought for next time, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's hot. 113.5 proof. Oh, so shit. yeah, this is that. straight from burning the, up my this nose. Is straight from the barrel. We're gonna proof these down. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> dried my nose right out. So, but on the nose though, you get that brown sugar. Yeah, absolutely. Caramel, you know. Ooh, yeah. So, so if take the nose on this and it's completely different so this is super oh wow bright fruit so crazy different oh and this one isn't frying my nose either is this one not nearly as hot this one's 94 proof oh, yeah, so this exactly. is proof down um so we're gonna proof these down and it's very scientific method yeah um, so i see the science is coming <laughs> um so we know this is at 94 proof and typically at the distillery, when you're tasting for like pr- profile or anything um, less, basically just when you're tasting for flavor, mm-hmm. we proof down to 40 proof. Sure. So we're going to go down to 47 by cutting this in half. In half with water. Yeah. Science. Science. Science is on our side. Um, so how, how involved in this process do you get to be? Uh, so I was on the phone call that kind of birthed 
the idea. So every quarter or so, um, myself and, and um, or Matt Cleet from the West Coast, who is on my team, and then our head of production, our head blender, the president of the company, and head of spirits, we'll get on a phone call, and we'll just talk about things that um, we've seen that have worked, things that we'd like to see, things that we have access to, and, and um, if you look on the bottle, the back of a bottle plantation, the importer says Deutsch. And it's yeah. like, well, we should, we should look into this. Right. So, Something that's already in our um, purview. We were fortunate that we were able to <clears throat> secure some barrels that mm-hmm. if they were here, I would talk more openly about. But Sure. Um, so we have two different styles of barrels that will all become clear when the product is released and things of that nature. Yeah, but, of course, of course. Um, I feel wh- lucky. I feel fortunate to get a little sneak preview behind the this, curtain. This is a fun little part of the process, right, where you have different kinds of barrels that are going totally different flavor profiles, and then we'll we'll choose a ratio of of each and how to blend these together to create the, the best possible final product. And it's a really fun process, yeah. um, especially when you get to bring everything to the table um, you know, our, our company has been really great about, uh, building our whiskey team out with, um, you know, we have had a lot of bartenders, our, all of our ambassadors are former bartenders and, mm-hmm. um, they, they let us have input. We get to tell them what we think, which is unique. Yeah. And it's, <clears throat> it's also fascinating too, because you're going through this part of it right now of, of picking out these different barrels to, to taste and consider for blending. But then when the blending happens, there'll still be a lengthy period of time between that and the time it's on the shelf for a consumer to see. Yeah, it's... Uh, so you're showing us something right now. This is this is a glimpse at the future. And, right. And probably like, what, four or five years into the future. Uh, I don't know that it'll be that long. No? It'll be no, quicker than I don't that? Need, the, the, the label is approved. Okay. Um, and Which I know is a huge hurdle with the TTV. That is the typically the thing that time can gums up the works go yeah. any direction um, but fortunately we have whiskey with age um, so um, we're able to put aged whiskey as our base and I don't know that it'll take uh, that long I see because okay. we do have whiskey that's up to over 10 years old sure um, that won't be a part of this necessarily because we want the products to shine together right um, or at least the end result mm-hmm. um, to be a result of the two and um, it's a really, a really like fun process to be able to say like, Hey, this might be fun. Actually see where the products are going and then work directly with, with Dave Carpenter, who is, has been doing a great job with our products. So, right. But I mean, even to say that in in those sort of like super light terms, Hey, this might be fun. This is a lot of resources and money yeah. <laughs> that yeah. they're then entrusting you to sort of like make something that's have been yeah, yeah it's about. fun but it's also profitable <laughs> uh, yes Yay, no, I mean, fun um you know fun I, to the bank sales and finance certainly have final say on if things get to happen um because you have you know you, you have to stay open <laughs> that's uh, the goal, right but you know uh fortunately being a privately held company we're not held to the same stand you know we don't have a a dividend report every quarter things like that you know, sure this is, this is our process that we control wholly so that's, um, that's, that's a unique position is, to be in too is, then. A, is a very powerful position for our company to have that flexibility in order to make sure that products are what we want before we release them so well it's also i mean i, I think about this about how you know 
the movie that wins the Oscar for Best Picture every year isn't going to make nearly as much money as Avengers Endgame, you know? So it's cool that, like, yes. as as an established brand, like you guys are, that now you're in a place where, like, you can you'd be like, okay, like, let's let's have some fun. Let's see what else we can do out there, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, did you get a taste on this, like that real yeah. bright fruit? Absolutely. It's really, uh, like, soft and floral and fruity and easy. Well, once it's been proofed down. <laughs> Yes, yeah, actually, even before it's been proofed down, honestly, I mean, there's a lot of burn on there, but you get that mellow. I'm like, this is the only hundred plus proof whiskey I think I've ever encountered that uh, I was like, I could drink this on the beach. <laughs> this, would be, <laughs> this would be a barrel proof beach whiskey for me. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if that's how we're going to market it, but <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, it's free if you want it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, in, uh, yeah. it's in the hat. It's in the hat. We might, you know, it, you never um, know. And just for sake of time, we'll we'll push through to this last sample here. So, okay, cool. Um, this one is a lot more like brown sugar, molasses driven, and I think when we actually come to a final blend, we want to proof this down too. So, so yeah, but we'll just science this one out a little bit too. Yeah, yeah. A cap full of water. Cap full of water. Some Oops, of it on sorry. the floor. It's fine. Gee, to clean that up. Gee, <laughs> we spilled water. Well-seasoned floor. Um, <clears throat> yes. This floor has seen a bunch of spills over the past <laughs> 10 years. The drinking if studio has a few spills. Heritage Radio Network. 10 years of food and drink radio. <clears throat> on the floor. Yeah, almost on the floor. Um, yeah, the aroma changes automatically on this one. It's not so burning my nose anymore. It's down mm. from 120 proof. <laughs> but it's still... Yeah, this one's a lot more like... Yeah, the other one was fruit. This one's more grain, right? This tastes like cereal to me. So, right, we add the cereal to the fruit. We got Fruit Loops. You guys yeah, make yeah. a Fruit Loops whiskey. Don't say that. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> okay, that is not what it tastes like. Yeah. Um, it's not what we're going for. Well, I just the two pieces separately, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. No, but but uh, I can yeah. see where I this. Wanted to, I wanted I, to like shed some light on the process. Yeah, and, I love the process, and I would be really interested to you know be behind the curtain a little bit more to see how these things happen. Also, it's it's fascinating to me, you know. Uh, again, the time component, right? Like when you when, when a whiskey maker who's making whiskeys that, as you just said, you have some ten year old whiskeys. Granted, ten years ago you weren't thinking this, but this was this was barreled up and set aside and it's hanging out and then now you come to these conclusions that you want to try to do these things like that's a I feel like that's scary right you got this thing that you've held for 10 years you said maybe not that old but like you got up to 10 right but you've yeah. got these things that you've been holding because you know that they're good and you're going to do something with them but then you say well I'm going to do this thing that's unheard of that we've never done before uh, is that a sink or swim situation you know what I mean we're going to make 50, I don't know, how, what's what's the first run? 50, uh, 50 cases? That seems too light. Is it 5,000 cases? Uh, it's going to be closer to 700. 700. Okay, so yeah. that's not crazy, crazy yeah, no, risk. It's, it's, I mean, it's obviously, um, you know, it's it's two different groups, so we want to see yeah. what comes of it first. Um, but and if it does well, you do another run that's bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. Uh, you know, the weeded, I think the, the weeded release was similar the first year mm -hmm. and uh you know we are scaling as, as fast as possible on that because it's it's doing incredibly well and, and plus i assume that there's like those you know collectors whether they whether they consume or not but they're the people who just have they have to be completists right i want the whole range you make it i want to buy it because it's part of the range 
Yeah, I got to catch them all. There's, sort of there, thing. there's only one account. So you can so you can kind of bank on like a certain amount's going to get sold just because of that. There, there's there's an account in Chicago um, that I think still has everything that we've done. Wow. Um, but yeah, I think they still have every mark. Every mark. Every mark. Yeah. There's uh, there's a few there's a few guys that are serious about the barrel proof stuff, and they want every batch of every mark that wow. I've met, um, which is. That's diligence, you know, to, to track that down because well, to track it down and to hang on to it, man. Like drink that shit. Yeah, I am. I am. A, I am a known consumer, not a collector. I buy something that's unique and rare. I pop that shit open and start drinking it. You know, I've got a lot of empty um, bags that came on nice bottles. Yeah, I don't even keep that shit. And I don't, I don't care. Once <laughs> well, the whiskey's gone, once the, once the liquid's gone, yeah, <laughs> I give that shit. Away. I don't give a fuck. Um, well, anyway, Joe, this has been pretty fascinating. Thank you for uh, you know sort of showing us a little bit of the process behind the uh, behind how some of these things are, are made and talking to us about whiskey in general and, and uh, hanging out with us for a show on the Speakeasy. Thanks so much for being here with us. If anybody wanted to get in touch with you because they want to figure out when and where you're going to be selling this or any items that you've got, how can I get in touch with you? Uh, RedemptionWhiskey.com actually has a uh, finder, so you can actually find where oh, cool. products are for sale and on the website. Yeah. Um, this uh, winter will be uh, a fun time to be looking for new products from us and asking your distributor partners about new products from us. And um, obviously... I am at Drinks with Joe. They can always reach out to me directly, and I'll point them in the right uh, salesperson's direction if it's not my market, or just get them the answer they need. Get them hooked up. So Drinks with Joe on Instagram or redemptionwhiskey.com for any information you need about uh, uh, the Deutsche family uh, of products that you're repping. Uh, Thanks again so much for being on the show. Thanks, uh, Greg, for talking to us about the Nationals and keeping everybody informed. Good luck tonight. Thanks, man. I hope you have fun at standings. And uh, cheers, guys. Thanks for being in the studio. Cheers, guys. Cheers. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The The Speakeasy is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com forward slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows that you like. Tell your friends. And please, join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. <laughs>